From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today. Will you pray with me? O oh God, may all the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The following story was told by a woman named Katie Hines Shaw, as published in the Christian Century, and I thought it was interesting enough to share it all with you today. She wrote, My son, about four years old, asked me, Mom, what do you want to be when you grow up? It was a question that he was used to hearing as a preschooler, and he tempered his answers to his audience. He wanted to be a fireman when he went to the station down the block, a gardener when the maintenance crew came down, came by, and a basketball player when the teens played at the park. This is continuing in her words, I was used to hearing this question too although my answer didn't change as often as his. Often the preceding years, I had explained to countless relatives, committees, and bishops that I really wanted to be ordained. Driving down the road that day, a few years into my first call, I answered my son, when I grow up, I think I'll still be a pastor. From the back seat came an exasperated sigh, no, Mom, I meant, what important job do you want? <laughs> Jesus was right, she concludes. No prophet is accepted in his hometown, or even in her own car. I can definitely see that story unfolding as it happened. In these weeks of Epiphany, we are asking the question last week, or we are asking the question, where can my hunger for hope be fulfilled? Where can my hunger for hope be fulfilled? We all hungering for that continual hope. Last week, we discussed the need for Scripture. We are privileged to have the scripture in our churches, in our homes, 
and we need to use that privilege and seek to know the Lord through its pages. I wrote a very powerful statement on Facebook this week about the Word of God, and it said, If you are a Christian and you do not know the Word of God, you are a soldier without a sword. We are needing that sword to fight against the lies, conspiracies, fear, and anything else. The world is trying to make us believe that it is contrary to the nature of God. Devote yourself to Scripture. In the pages of the Bible, we find the source of true hope. It is never the world That is what our tempters want us to believe, the world is our hope, instead of what God offers us. Now, another way that we find hope is by being faithful to our calling, and through that, by being faithful to God. Being faithful is this week's focus. And being faithful means not turning to a different direction when things turn sour. It is not running away when things start to become stressful. Faithful means being loyal and steadfast. No matter what people say or do, we are to remain loyal and steadfast. When Jesus proclaimed the word in Capernaum at the synagogue, And they wanted to drive him off the cliff. He passed through the midst of them and went on his way. He did not let the reaction of one group of people halt his entire ministry. He knew that things would be difficult, but that he must do what God had called him to anyway. He did not retreat and do nothing. He did not let fear of retaliation disapproval, or even fear for his life stop him from following his path as ordained by God. Like him, we cannot let that get in our way either. We cannot let even a four-year-old son who tells her that she needs to do more important work get in our way. If these thoughts and these words get in our way, it is actually getting in God's way. I served as a chaplain at Marion General Hospital for six months before the pandemic hit. I had many wonderful visits. Some people I unfortunately saw multiple times, unfortunately because that meant they were in the hospital again. But uh, many of those visits and repeated visits went very well. On one particular visit, I was preparing myself to enter the room of a Jehovah's Witness patient. I was not quite sure what to expect, but I decided to approach the patient like any other, letting them know who I was there and what I was there for. I'm a chaplain, and I'm here to help you with any Uh, spiritual concerns and to help you connect to uh, any church that you may have in the area. One of the things we do as chaplains is help reach out to their pastor if they have nobody else to uh, help get a hold of them. 
Well, this was my first engagement with a Jehovah's Witness. But what could go wrong? Before I was able to say the words, I am, or just as I had said the words, I am a chaplain, he was pointing his fingers at me and basically yelling at me to get out of his room at once, for he did not associate with my kind. I noted in vain that I was not there to try to convert him to do anything, and that the chaplains are here for everyone, regardless of their religion or denomination, not representing any particular denomination at all. But he would not have it, so I did as he requested and left the room. It was hard to turn right around to the next patient after that. So I decided to spend some time charting to allow myself to de-escalate. That is where we report what, how our previous visits had gone so that any doctor can uh, look up our notes if they need to uh, for their own assessment. But I knew that being faithful in this case, and in many cases beyond, would mean being able to move forward and not worry about the people who refused my offer for conversation. God would give me the opportunity to speak to many other appreciative patients that day. If we let hurtful words and confrontation get in our way for too long, we are actually letting it get in God's way, who wants to get back to speaking through us as soon as possible. That is why we need to remain faithful through whatever we face. We never want God to be hindered through our own selves being hindered. I am confident that Moses felt hindered by the way people treated him. I believe you mentioned Moses a little bit earlier. Paul most likely felt hindered as well. Moses dealt with many complaining Israelites. It is written in Exodus 16. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died for the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. As if that was Moses' true intention, to starve them. But while Moses dealt with those grumbling people, with people falsely assuming that he is trying to starve the people, Paul dealt with direct opposition too, to the point where he was thrown into prison on multiple occasions. Remember how Jesus told the disciples, if you belong to the world, it would, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Jesus said these words as recorded in John 15. Thus, in these words, Jesus tells us directly that we will face opposition as long as we are of Christ and on this world. 
Moses did not have these particular words of Jesus, but he had the encouragement of God. Paul certainly had these words for guidance, and we do too. The first takeaway then is that being faithful to our call as Christians means going against and walking through the opposition of this world. Second, by going against and walking through this opposition, we are not letting our opponents get in the way of God. We were not told that this decision, this decision to follow Christ, would be easy at all. We were actually told the very opposite in John 15. It is a hard path to walk. That is the reason why we will also send an advocate, which was promised to us in John 14, 26. And this advocate would intercede for us and on behalf of us when we need it most. We just need to be open to that interceding. We affirm now that we are faithful when we come to God. Not to something or someone else other than God. When we are facing trouble. But if the hope that we show in turning to God does not have anything to show for it, that is, if we hope in God but constantly let those hopes become dashed, it will not be a very good way to find hope. In fact, it will have the exact opposite effect. In order for our faithfulness to God to be soul-sustaining, then, in addition to being God-fulfilling, fulfilling God's purposes, we must recognize a couple key attributes about God. First, that God believes in you even when you do not believe in yourself. When Jeremiah responded to God calling to him, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. God proved to him that God would give him what he needed to fulfill the role that he is calling him to. Now I have put my words in your mouth, God says. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms. If you recall, God did the same thing for Moses centuries earlier. When Moses lacked the words and ability to speak on his own. God can and does use any and every one of us even when we do not think that we are capable. We only have to respond by accepting what the Lord is trying to give us and by using the talents that the Lord has blessed us with to reach and to inspire others. Second, God is our rescuer. If and When we place our trust in God, God will be able to rescue us 
from whatever is of the world that is eating away at us. Psalm 71 offers, uh, offers God as a place of refuge, a rock, and the deliverer from the hand of the wicked. We enable God to protect us when we turn back to God for that protection. Being faithful gives us hope because without constantly seeking God, God may be able to say when we reach the pearly gates, I do not know you. But when we do constantly renew our trust in God, even despite the great turmoil, we are offered the only sustaining source of hope that we can ever find in this life. A third attribute about God that causes our faithfulness to beget hope is God's ultimate will. God has already won the battle between good and evil. We have to let him win the battle between good and evil in our own lives. Once we allow it to overwhelm ourselves, the force of good, once we allow that is God's power to overwhelm us, the force of good will overcome the influence of any bad. Further, God's ultimate will is to redeem all of creation, so that all may exist happily ever after with God in heaven. Just like a fairy tale where everything is always happily ever after, the Bible is our own. Believe in the God who believes in you. Believe in the God who rescues you from despair and hopelessness. Believe in the God who is working ultimate good and justice for the end of time. This is what we are being faithful to when we are faithful to God. We are faithful despite the opposition that we face because we believe in this benevolent God. We are faithful despite the opposition so that nothing gets in God's way. Why did the people want to drive Jesus out of his own hometown? The actual reason is because his teaching was contrary to what they had known. Even though Isaiah chapter 3 verse 6 noted that all flesh shall see the salvation of God, the idea that people other than the Jews would see this salvation was a hypocrisy to them. Jonias Sankin, a professor of preaching at an Eastern Mennonite seminary, notes that Jesus' mission has only just begun, but he has boldly revealed himself as one at odds with his religious community. There will be self-identified Christians who will tell you that you are doing it wrong. You do not have to listen to them. God is the true source of direction, not other people around you. Our society often does not empower the youth. For generations, youth have been told, you do not have enough experience. 
I too have been told on a number of occasions that I will understand when I have more experience or that I still have a lot to learn about being a good Christian. I was told that on a number of occasions in, in the chaplaincy program too. Aren't you too young to be a chaplain? Get by it. Now, both of those statements are both true. I will understand more when I have more experience. And I still do have a lot to learn about being a good Christian. I agree with both of those. Yet the message that we hear from Jeremiah is that God empowers whoever God wants to, whatever our age and whatever our experience. God tells us too, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Yes, you can be a vessel for God's glory. Yes, God can and is using you. Help God's reach to grow. Pray as the psalmist did. When Jesus returns, whenever that may be, it it will not matter who we say we are. What will matter is if we are in right relationship with God. Be to me a rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hands of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and the cruel. For you, O Lord, are my hope. You are my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from my birth. It was you who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. The psalmist went on to explain many trials of his life and joys that he still finds continually in God. The psalms are a model for our faithful living, for our prayerful living. Part of being faithful is to pray. Pray regularly, talk to God, make Psalm 71 your own prayer. Show God your commitment to God's cause. Thanks be to God, and amen. Part of being faithful is singing God's praise continually. Sometimes we get the blessing of hearing a thousand voices come together and sing if we're in a large group, probably not since 2020, but uh, may that happen again. And may we imagine that today as we sing our next song, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues, found in our worship and rejoice hymnal number 96, but it is in your hymnal or in your inserts uh, today. So let us sing together.
If you need something to do, if you haven't done it during the sermon uh, or other part of the worship service, there is a word search in your bulletin as well. So you can take that home and have fun or do it during offering or prayers or whatever you like, but uh, take note that 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 is there for your enjoyment. God has called our church to be an agent of change. With prophetic voice and courageous work, we are to influence the world. Such a task requires our best, our continued growth in faith, our commitment to love, and our giving of self and substance. The resources we dedicate here are a symbol of our response to God's call. Will our ushers please come forward to receive this morning's offering? Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.